Welcome to the Insurance Law Podcast, brought to you by Best Directory of Recommended Insurance Attorneys. Welcome to the Insurance Law Podcast, the broadcast about timely and important legal issues affecting the insurance industry. I'm John Zuba, editor of Best Directory of Recommended Insurance Attorneys. Joining me is Brendan Noonan from our communications team. We're pleased to have with us today attorney Bob Mish, Jr. from the law offices of Kay & Anderson, LLC in Madison, Wisconsin. Bob has been with the firm since 1996. His practice areas include construction law, insurance defense, and coverage and professional malpractice. He also writes a quarterly newsletter titled Law Notes, addressing what every insurer should know. And Bob, we're very pleased to have you with us today. Thank you. Today's topic is a case involving a coverage matter arising from insurer and agent conduct and the failure of the insurer to make a timely premium payment. Uh, This was due to a communications matter between the insured and the agent. And Brendan Noonan will lead off today with our first question. Uh, Bob, can you tell us briefly about this case and its significance? Sure, Brendan. Uh, the case is uh, titled Artisan Truckers Casualty Company versus Thorson. It's a Wisconsin Court of Appeals case number 2011 AP2, and it's available on the Wisconsin Court of Appeals state website in case anybody wants to take a look at it. The underlying facts are, are reasonably simple. Uh, in that case, the insured had an umbrella policy of a million dollars that did not have any uninsured or underinsured motorist coverage. The insured was notified by the insurer Progressive that the umbrella policy was expiring and it was going to be reissued by a different carrier in the Progressive family. The Progressive company told the insured in writing, you don't have to do anything and your coverages, services, and premiums would be unaffected. And those statements were the key to what ultimately ended up happening in the case. The insured followed up with his agent and added about $500,000 in uninsured and underinsured motorist coverage. And the day after, the agent told the insured that he was covered, but before the premium was paid, the insured's daughter was seriously injured in a car accident by an uninsured driver. The insurance company then issued the policy but made it effective two days after the girl's accident. Some litigation ensued over whether or not there was coverage for the accident, and eventually the insured settled with the insurance agent who paid 500000 bucks in exchange for an assignment of claims against the carrier. Now, the Wisconsin Court of Appeals allowed the claim assigned to the agent by the insured to proceed. The court said the insurer was bound by its own actions and the actions of its agent, who had assured the insured that he didn't need to do anything, including paying the premium in advance. The court found that the insured in this case didn't do anything wrong, and so it was only fair that the insured be covered where the carrier had been portraying this as a renewal rather than a brand-new policy. Now, I see the significance of this case is that a reviewing court may find that coverage exists under circumstances, even where a premium has not been paid, where an insured reasonably relies on agent representations regarding the existence of coverage. Now, Bob, was this case unusual, or does this type of uh, thing frequently occur? Well, this is actually a published decision, and uh, at least in Wisconsin, less than 10% of the cases are published. So that suggests that at least the court viewed that the uh, facts were likely to recur, and thus uh, they went ahead and published the decision. On the other hand, my impression is the facts do seem somewhat unusual. Uh, In most cases, uh, insurance carriers would require payment of a premium before coverage would be extended, or they would make it clearer than under the facts in this case that there was, in fact, coverage or when a premium was going to be due. In this case, the insurer tried to tailor this as a new policy requiring the payment up front, but obviously the court didn't buy that argument based on their conduct. 
Do you think this ruling would apply in most states? Good question. General insurance law provides that coverage will not be created by estoppel, but that's not really the case here. Uh, in this case, the agent expressly said that there was coverage, which evidently manifested a belief and an intention that the policy was in place. So at least as to the facts of this case, I'd view this as more coverage by an agreement rather than coverage by estoppel. I think every state's going to have its own nuances on this subject, and, and I'd suggest folks take a look at their own state's laws and court decisions to determine the relevance of this case, but I think it does certainly present some interesting issues. Bob, what can an insurance company do to ensure effective processes and communications are in place with their agents? Well, whenever you fail to document the processes that you want an agent to follow, uh, you're certainly leaving things open to chance. So I think the best thing to do would be to reduce to writing the exact procedures that you want an agent to follow. I think if you followed that kind of plan, it would be a win-win type of situation because uh, it helps make sure that the insurance company's practices are being followed actually out in the field, and the agents would appreciate it because it gives them some reassurance that if you follow this, you're doing what you're supposed to do and, and everything should be okay. Just make sure the procedures aren't ambiguous because if a carrier lays out what's to be done and an agent follows them, there's a good chance that a court reviewing the issue would find coverage as long as the agent did what the insurance carrier had told them to do. Now, does an insurance company have any recourses if their agent fails to properly administrate or communicate these policies? Uh, I think the failure to properly service policies could lead an insurance carrier to take action on its relationship with the agent, uh, potentially uh, even to the point where that relationship ends up having to be severed because of uh, miscommunication or, or other points of disagreement. But if an insurance carrier has laid out in writing the procedures to follow and the agent failed to adopt them, uh, if nothing else, the insurer would potentially have a defense to a coverage claim that might otherwise be unavailable. And, for example, in the case we've been talking about, the Artisan Truckers case, that very well uh, was probably going to be one of the issues on remand. Uh, what steps should an insurer follow to precondition coverage on a particular policy or premium? Well, as I said before, uh, I think it'd be a good idea to expressly document in writing to agents and the insureds, for that matter, that payment of a premium will be a prerequisite to any kind of coverage if that's the approach that the insurance carrier wants to take. I'd say the same thing if coverage is going to be predicated on other contingencies, such as, for example, in a, in a life insurance policy situation where the carrier wants the person to be subject to an exam before issuing its coverage, that's the kind of thing that would be uh, better off documented in writing to, again, make sure that everyone's on the same page as far as what needs to be done in order to establish the coverage. And again, as I said earlier, states may have their own individual regulations or statutes that govern that very subject, particularly as it applies to renewal. So uh, you want to check that out. But once again, the bottom line is uh, when at all possible, put it in writing. Bob, thanks very much for joining us today. You're very welcome. That was Bob Mish Jr. from the law offices of K.N. Anderson, LLC in Madison, Wisconsin. Special thanks to Brenda Noonan from our communications team and to our producer, Brian Cohen. And thank you all for joining us for the Insurance Law Podcast. To subscribe to this audio program, visit podcast.insuranceattorneysearch.com or go to online directories such as iTunes or Google or Yahoo's podcast directory. If you have any suggestions for a future topic regarding an insurance law case or issue, please email us at lawpodcast.ambest.com. I'm John Zuba, joined by Brendan Noonan, and now this message. 
BEST's directory of recommended insurance attorneys is used by decision makers at insurance companies responsible for selecting legal counsel and representation. The printed directory is distributed annually to insurance companies, non-insurance companies, third-party administrators, and corporate counsel around the world, and the online edition is accessible throughout the year. Your listing in BEST's directory of recommended insurance attorneys is the most effective way to ensure that thousands of potential clients have access to your outstanding credentials. Here's why you should be listed in the number one insurance attorney reference. Your firm's credentials will be listed in our comprehensive reference guide, which is made available to thousands of insurance professionals globally, both in print and online. AMBEST listees are recognized as the most qualified in their field to represent the unique needs of insurance companies. Key decision makers rely on the directory to take the guesswork out of their selection process. They know that only the best are listed, those firms with a proven track record of excellence who are recommended by their insurance industry clients. And remember, one low rate guarantees year-long visibility for your firm. We invite you to use our web application process to apply for a listing today. With our reasonable rates and broad exposure, there's no more effective way to get the attention of the insurance industry. For more information about BEST's directory of recommended insurance attorneys, visit www.insuranceattorneysearch.com. 